Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of Mark My Words. I am Mark Schmidt, and I am here today to talk about everybody's, uh, at least everybody that I have on this show, talk about their career path and professionals, entrepreneurs who at some point they're working in the nine to five, just like you and I and a lot of the world were plugging through week to week, day to day, and we find out that we want more. We want to explore our creativity and our passions, and we find that there's this middle point where we want to become more than just the company that we represent, and we go out there and chase that, and I am here today with somebody that I'm honored to have as my first guest. It is communication coach and founder of Create Your Great. It's Scott Stoltz. How are you doing today, Scott? Hey, Mark. I'm great. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to be with you on your first show. Um, I'm actually honored to be on with the broadcast number one with you. So thanks for having me. Well, I'll tell you, when I thought about guests and who would be the first in that group. You were definitely one of them. And just for a little bit of background, it was about two years ago and somehow you and I connected. I think even though we may have found each other on LinkedIn, we may have actually started talking on Instagram. And I think I might have commented on some of your posts and somehow we connected and found some common ground on topics like communication and maybe some things in our background. And that's how we actually wound up doing a project where you asked me a few questions and it was a podcast-esque kind of thing. And you're actually one of the big reasons why I'm doing something like this now, because that was really my first time putting my voice and face on something and posting that video online. And to, to hear myself and to inject that confidence, like, wow, I actually don't sound that bad. I don't look that bad. And this actually felt pretty good. That meant everything to me and it has really paved the way for where I'm at now. So... I don't know how much of that you remember, but uh, that had a big impact on me. I remember all of it very well, Mark, and uh, I really enjoyed getting to know you back then. It was two years ago, and yeah, we, we actually connected and commented a little bit back and forth on LinkedIn, and I just know that your story resonates even more, and I'm sure it resonates with some listeners because one of the things that holds us back, and I know we'll get into this a little bit today, is a fear or even just a, a concern or a block in our own mind about how we're looking, how we're sounding. That's what stops so many people, not only from putting themselves online via video or audio, but also sometimes speaking up at work, bringing up an idea in a meeting or volunteering to do a presentation because we're concerned about how we're going to feel or look in the moment. But when we can work through and with that, that fear of judgment and some of the things that come along with it and put ourselves out there like you have and you've done so well, we see, right? You can vouch for this, hopefully, that there's some really good 
results, impact, feeling, and it's been, it's been fun watching your journey. I've told you several times in the last year, it's been really cool to see what you've been doing and how you put yourself out there now. Yeah, I feel like I've come a really long way, which is something I'm hoping we just talked before we hit record, hoping to uh, record something where I just talk about that part of my journey, because I have a pretty unique journey, but uh, I want to talk about your journey, and uh, you also have a pretty unique journey, mm-hmm. and you, much like me, uh, just going back to something you posted on Instagram recently, just mm-hmm. talking about how you were kind of shy, and you talk about it all the time on Instagram, and really on social media in general, about the struggles that you had with having confidence in communicating and could you do it? Could you be a positive speaker? Were you an effective speaker? And that's all something that hits you, I know, right in the core and it's a big part of what create your great and your uh, coaching is all about. And uh, just before we kind of talk about the, I guess, the college and early career you, let's kind of talk about that, that you, that version of you being young and unsure, because that's something I can really relate to. So can you kind of just elaborate on what a post like that, what a picture like that means to you and what you see? Yeah, and I, I, of course, and I, Share. I think it's really important for us, for us from a vantage point of our why and our mission for any of us. Whatever you do, whatever your mission is, whatever your job, your traditional job, if you're an entrepreneur, to be connected to why we do what we do and why it's meaningful to us. And for me, you know, now as a communication coach after 18 years in corporate, and Mark, as you know, I started when I left corporate as a career coach. And, and I'll expand on that a little bit naturally in this conversation. But now as a communication coach, you know, I, I struggled for years with communicating well. And, you know, I'm sure I did better than I gave myself credit for more often than not. But I had really strong anxiety. I would say from the time I was uh, in college, it was, it's interesting because when I was really young, I was more quiet into myself. I'm in the middle of three kids, three boys. And I was definitely more of the, the – the quietest of the three, but I wasn't really shy and completely to myself. I just didn't put myself out there in a lot of different ways and look for attention, but I didn't really struggle speaking up in grammar school and high school until I got to college. There was something that kind of, you know, formed in my head and in my heart. And I know a lot of us go through similar paths where I just was very um, self-conscious about how I was looking and coming across to people. And I think at that age, as you know, um, many people struggle with this. And that, what happened with me, the short of it is, that block that I developed around 19, 20, 21 years old, just continued to get stronger. And when I got out to the professional world, I first worked at a newspaper, but then I moved over to corporate after a couple of years in journalism. And I was in offices with a lot of people and meetings with a lot of people the anxiety manifested to such a level that it often, not every time, but it often slowed me down or paralyzed me. I mean, everything from, and I know a lot of us have experienced this too, trembling, 
when I had to speak up in meetings to literally not being able to get words out of my mouth to freezing in front of rooms full of people. I mean, I went through all of it. So now, you know, 20 years later as a coach, I think it's really important for myself and for people that come in contact with me or work with me or whatever the case may be to know that a big reason why I do what I do is because I've lived it. I've been there and it really matters to me. You know, it matters to me that I went through that in my life and that I've been able to grow and work through it and help people understand now that it's not a case of conquering your fear. It's a case of actually acknowledging that anxiety and using it as fuel. And when we do that, we can really do some magical things, whether we're one-on-one on on a call like this or a zoom, or we're in front of a room full of people, we really can share some magical things when we allow that anxiety and adrenaline to move with us instead of letting it control us. So just to backtrack a little bit, when you were a journalist or working as a writer, uh, were you actually having to do like Q&As with people? What, what kind of speaking did you have to do in those situations? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I did a lot of one-on-one interaction, of course. I was a sports writer. My dream growing up was all through high school and college was to be a sports writer. And I did that. And I worked for the student paper at University of Florida, which was a great place to do that because it's a big athletic program. And I was really good one-on-one with people. Where I struggled, Mark, was when I was at press conferences, as you know, you know, um, usually post-game. Sometimes, you know, in the middle of the week, there'd be certain kind of press conferences we'd attend as writers, but I would um, sometimes be pretty nervous asking questions in press conferences. I usually got it out, but I, I'm, I'm pretty positive that there were a number of times in the two years that I did it professionally that I had a question that I never put out there in a crowded room or in a post-game conference because of the nerves, and that really didn't sit well with me. Um, I wouldn't say it paralyzed me, but it probably hindered some of my, my talent and ability. And one-on-one, though, I was usually pretty good. And the reason I I think it's important to call that out, and I know a lot of people are a lot more comfortable one-on-one, is I learned the value in journalism and writing uh, and and reporting of being curious and asking a lot of questions. And I look back on it now, and I'm so grateful that I did that because it gave me, like, the foundation and basis for – when we're curious and we're asking questions to learn about how somebody else feels, what led them to perform that way, you know, what were they going through? We're learning, number one, but secondly, like it kind of eases some of that anxiety. We're, we're not making it about us, we're making it about the other person. So I really, I, I think doing a few years, including college of, of journalism and reporting and writing was really, and interviewing was really helpful for me. Well, just to be fair, those uh, press conference situations seem awfully difficult because you're fighting with other people to speak. And uh, I, I mean, I've never been a part of that situation, but just from watching and listening to press conferences, I mean, you really have to fight to be heard at all and it just grab their attention. So I almost have to be uh, pretty easy on you in that regard because that, that seems awfully tough. It, it, it is. And, and you know, I, we, we don't have to hang on this too long, but it, I think that was part of the reason was part of my thinking then, and I was young and I was um, less confident. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I just within recent, those, those years in recent years realized that I, I, I would get pretty nervous in front of groups of people. So 
you know, that, that, that was definitely slowing me down. But I think also I had this mindset of, well, there's 10, 15 other reporters in the room. They'll ask the questions. I'll record or get the quotes and I'll be fine in the long run. And the truth is that's kind of how it played out. <clears throat> but, um, but, you know, we all have our own questions and version of things. And, you know, like I acknowledged earlier, there were times where I probably didn't ask a question and I should have, but I still took, I took away a lot of great lessons from that. And really, I think it's a bit, I tell people all the time that my years doing that kind of work has really had a big impact on me. So you worked as a writer for a few years and did you do anything else after that? What, what exactly was the turning point where you said, you know, this isn't for me, or maybe I have something more to offer. Uh, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, so, so check this out. Every, every pivot or turning point in my career is very clear for me why, why it happened and what happened. And if you know this and a, and a couple others I'll share, I can tell you exactly what it, the case was. So with journalism, it's simple. I literally woke up one day, Mark, this all happened within, a, I mean, to be realistic, it happened within a couple of days. It wasn't just one shiny moment, but literally one week, I said to myself, I'm tired of writing about other people's accomplishments. I want people asking me how I did what I did, why I did what I did, literally. So, you know, interestingly enough, I was just telling you how it was kind of nice to be asking questions and be curious about others at ease some of my anxiety. But then I knew deep down and I was a dreamer when I was young. You know, I always had high expectations for myself and some things I wanted to do to impact the world. And I think it just hit me after several years of doing that, college included. I'm like, you know, this is really interesting. I keep asking other people about their path, their journey, their results. I want people to ask me about mine. So I did a pretty, I mean, within a month, I had left journalism altogether, which was a big deal to me because I said earlier, for years, I had always planned and worked to get into that field. And then all of a sudden, I said, I'm not doing this anymore. And I, I, I left. I thought about going to grad school and I did apply to one college for sports management, a graduate degree in sports management. I got my undergrad at University of Florida. And, uh, but I ended up getting a job with a health insurance company in the interim to get some work, make some money while I waited to see if I got into grad school. And things just took off from there. And I, I took that job and never left in the, in the next four years. So, Wow. That... Sounds kind of similar to my path where I, you know, I left my company. They were going through a restructuring. That job, obviously, it has uh, plus it's good points and it's bad points and, you know, obstacles. But it was a very fulfilling job. And then I kind of transitioned into something else and I found that I wasn't as fulfilled anymore. And I wanted my path to be more about me. I wanted to put aside other people's goals and start thinking about my own, what I wanted to accomplish. And I almost feel like that you went through the, a very similar thing as I did. And it almost sounds like it wasn't necessarily the the fact that you were having to speak per se that drove you out of it. It was more like I went through all this. I've gained a lot of confidence through the obstacles I've had. 
and now I want to give back. Is that uh, accurate? Well, I wouldn't quite, and, and thanks for sharing and relating to part of my journey with where you were at. Um, that, that's always great when that happens, but I wasn't quite at that stage yet. When I left journalism to go to work and then think, was thinking about going to grad school, my confidence was still low and I still didn't know how I was going to impact and help other people. I just had a burning desire to do that. I, I had a desire deep down, Mark, to do more that I felt like I saw the, I saw the writing on the wall that if I stayed in journalism while, I mean, it, to be honest with you, it worked out great for me because doing it through college and then doing it for, I did it for exactly just short of two years out of college. I worked for a newspaper in Connecticut and that was great foundational real life skills and learning. Like I already said, you know, interviewing people, writing, writing on deadline, you know, getting better at listening, um, paying attention at events. So, and, and putting it into words and painting a picture for people, those are great skills to have. So I feel like that was an extension of learning I needed to do. But when I left there, I still didn't have a lot of confidence and uh, I certainly didn't have clarity on what I was going to do. That didn't come until, to be honest with you, um, almost 10 years later, 10 more years before I really started to get more clarity on what I wanted to do in terms of impact. Now, I, I'll keep this short, but one other key point I'll share is that before I lose sight of this is this is why, and I share this with people regularly now that now circumstances are different. And you know, when we're younger, we have more flexibility. No question. I was 25 when I left the newspaper, but when you feel like you just acknowledge about not feeling fulfilled, but when you feel there's something else you want to, you know, get your arms around experience or taste, do whatever you can to do that. Give yourself the opportunity to taste it and learn about it to see if it fits and aligns with where you want to go as a person. And I, t I certainly tell younger people all the time, in your 20s, what a great, that is a perfect time to experiment, to try different things. I'm not talking about recklessly job hopping. I'm just talking about do a couple different, you know, roles and see where you enjoy, see what you're good at, see where you provide value. And you know, it's, that's all part of the journey so that as time goes on, we're growing our confidence and increasing our value, but we're getting clarity along the way of the things that we enjoy and we're good at and bring value in. I totally agree with that. And I wound up doing that, obviously, a little later in life, kind of experimenting with uh, different things. But uh, I can totally relate to that. And certainly the earlier you can do that in life, the better. So absolutely. When the stakes are a little lower before you're married or have children now, now that's not to, that that's a home run slam dunk. You know, if you don't have some of those other obligations, but if you are, I'll just say this really briefly. If you are married, if you have a mortgage and children and all that, I, I totally understand the responsibilities that come along with that, but be mindful. There are still ways in today's world with technology and the direction some things have gone, you can still give yourself opportunity to experience other things. It's much more feasible to do that now than it was even 20 years ago, let alone 30 and 40. So that's another conversation I know, but don't just push something aside because, well, I'm married, my book's written, I have all these obligations, therefore I can't. Try to look at things from a perspective of what can I create for myself in and around what I already know I need to do what responsibilities I have, and at least give yourself a chance to taste something. Because the worst thing is, Mark, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be um, filled with regret later in life. I mean, I'd rather go through pain 
at various stages in my life, trying to get clarity or seeing if something works, then, then be, you know, 80, 85, 90 years old saying, man, I wish I had done this or tried that. That is something I definitely don't want. That's something that you and I have talked about in the past. And that definitely uh, hits home for me. And it's a big part of my motivation. I think everything you're talking about here, I mean, I'm, I started this part of my journey with my blog and kind of digging into uh, what to do with myself personally in my late 30s, now in my early 40s. And I'm married. I've been married through this whole period. And I'm proving right here, right now, today, that you can find the time to do it. And uh, it's all about time management and budgeting your time, for one thing. It's all about passion. And for me, I can absolutely relate because I could think back to 20 years ago, thinking about, man, I want to write a book. I want to talk about myself and my journey and all the things I've been through. Well, the clock is ticking now because I'm probably about halfway-ish through my life. So I want to start actually putting that to the test. As you pointed out, I don't want to be double my age where I am, you know, 40 years or so from now saying, man, I should have started that Mark My Words podcast. I should have started that blog. I should have done it. And I feel that even now. So, you know, and Mark, I, I'm going to use you as an example. Sorry to interrupt, but this is a okay. really important point too. That so you and I've seen some of what you've done with your blog and the the blogging on LinkedIn, for example, and you're now starting a podcast. So this is a great example, really quick. So I can guarantee I can't. I have no idea what's going to happen in your path what some of the outcomes will be. You don't even know, but here's one thing I can guarantee you. Your blog, which I know you've done for on and off for a while now, your blogging, your writing, your video making, your, your engagement on LinkedIn, and now your podcast, you're gonna learn so much about who you are and what you wanna create in life for yourself and for those around you and the value you're gonna bring or you do bring to other people. You're gonna learn and get so much more clarity just by doing these things regardless of the outcome, regardless of how successful or not successful they are, you're going to be gaining so much clarity and you're going to know this is really rewarding and fulfilling for me. This isn't as rewarding or fulfilling for me. This is a way I've been able to develop more relationships by, by having a podcast and having guests on and sharing that with other people in my community. I've developed even better relationships and I really love that. You're going to, all those are the kind of things you're going to learn along the way. So like, you know, that's why, any of us, you know, your path right now is doing a podcast is one example. My path is coaching people on being great communicators. We learn, we're helping others, but we learn more about ourselves the more we do those things. I totally agree with that. I, and you uh, kind of touched on uh, something that I want to segue to, which is for you, you talked about you had kind of a 10 year period there after uh, you were a writer where you were going along that next phase of your life. I want to talk about now, when did you get to a point where you said, I have this great idea for a company or just 
the next phase of my life to give back? When did you say, create your great, this is something I'm going to do? And how, like, what was, if there was any kind of turning point there where you just say, I'm going to start this up and I'm going to learn to be a coach and I, this is what I want to do and why, how did that all get started? Well, the, the idea for the coaching started in 2015 when I was working at CVS Health, but the origin, the, the idea really came in 2015. And I ended up staying in my corporate job with CVS Health through 2016. And I'll, I'll clarify more on that in a sec, but the origin of what I do today really started in 2007 when I went to New Orleans to volunteer for Hurricane Katrina related disaster recovery efforts. And I'll give a really short, short terse version. And if you have another question or two, that's great. But I, I worked for a health insurance company and then two technology software companies after leaving the newspaper. And it amounted to about 10 years of good jobs, pretty good money to very good money, a lot of travel, a lot of working at client sites and a lot of growth in my professional life. Learned a ton and, and never hated any of my jobs. I was relatively unsatisfied in a couple of them, but never hated them. And I just knew I wanted to do more. And in, um, in 2006, the year after Katrina hit New Orleans, I was watching the news a lot and reading a lot of articles, seeing that they were really struggling. The recovery efforts weren't going very well. And if anybody who remembers that time probably remembers, you know, with CNN there almost every day and every week, it was a struggle. So I decided I was going to go there and give back because I had hit that point in my career where I'm like, okay, I've been doing all these great things for me and my employer. I'm making money for me and my employer and I've been, you know, benefiting. What can I do to give back? And so I decided to go there and I ended up staying for over a year, volunteering, starting a nonprofit, helping dozens of families in a number of different ways and really learning the true meaning of collaboration and fulfillment outside of that corporate space, so to speak. Corporate's not bad, but I just learned a whole other level of fulfillment and collaboration and community in New Orleans. So that's, I always tell people, that's where the origins of what I am doing today. I did go back after a couple years of nonprofit work, including in Boston after New Orleans. I did go back to corporate for five and a half years with CVS, but I knew there was a time that was gonna come that I was gonna go off on my own I just didn't know how I would do it. I just knew I wanted to go do something of higher impact for other people that was sort of replicating what I did in New Orleans, but not disaster recovery. I wanted to have a business where I could coach and help and guide people. So that's where it started. And then in, in 2015, I said, okay, I'm gonna start planning my, my runway and exit to wean out of my corporate roles and become a coach. And that's really the story of where it comes from. And, and I'll just say, one last, you know, I'm really grateful for that because it allowed me space to really, um, you know, grow as a person, grow as a leader, and also understand that, um, you know, we need help. We need community. Uh, you know, I learned pretty quickly leaving corporate that it was nice going in to an office or a job or to a company where you had a lot of resources. One of the hardest things you can do, as you know, Mark, is when you're creating on your own, you know, there's isolation and there's lack of resources at times. So I'm glad I did more time in corporate because it gave me a lot of additional perspective I think I needed. Oh, yeah, I can totally relate because 
a lot of what I experience in the corporate world, and I'll just quickly talk about myself. So I became a manager in 2013 and always had these desires, I guess, for lack of a better word, mm -hmm. uh, that I wanted to put myself out there more. I wanted to be out front more, but felt held back because maybe I didn't feel like I would sound right or look right being born with a cleft lip and palate and going through all those things that I had gone through in my life. I didn't believe that I could really be taken seriously out front. But I found that I was, and when going through all that, I gained a lot of confidence in my speaking and getting in front of people and just being a leader. And just that one change in my life has really put me on the path to where I'm at today, sitting here with you, I believe. I think that one thing was a real turning point for me. So just kind of relating that to your path and your experience, I can definitely relate. Yeah, and I, th I think, you know, I'm stating the obvious here, but we, we, we all, you know, we evolve as we go along in life and we just get better at certain things and we get more clarity. And I've really come to learn communication you, you just mentioned, you know, some examples from your path, Mark, about being very self-conscious earlier. I certainly was in many ways. And communication is a great example of a skill and an ability that we just get better, over get better at over time. And we get better the more that we do it. It's just, it's just reality. And, of course, there are gifted speakers, writers, communicators, you know, at young ages. But for the majority of us, it just takes some time. And putting ourselves out there and doing it more – and in that process, we learn, we, we see what's working, what's not working, and we gain confidence along the way. It's interesting because confidence also comes from failing or falling down. I know that, hey, I did this once and yet didn't work so well, but I'm, I, I did it. I got out of my comfort zone. I got on a podcast for the first time. I did a Facebook Live. I, I recorded a video and put it on Instagram. Whatever. I did it. Even if it didn't come out so great, who cares? Now I'm more confident to do it the next time. I, I can obviously relate to that. That's, that. As we talked about at the top of this uh, show, that's exactly what happened to me thanks to your outreach. And look where I'm at now. So I noticed, uh, yeah, that, uh, you know, and it was, it was over time. And then you really hit a rhythm in 2019 with putting more videos out. But I noticed that, you know, and it, that, that's not to put a spotlight on me. You know, we happen to do a few videos together. It's just, it's more about you and the path. And the, what's the takeaway? The takeaway is do it a few times. And next thing you know, you're doing it a little bit more and a little bit more. And I know you got a lot of great feedback along the way. And one other quick point is it's never about, am I, I mean, of course we want to impact and help many people or as often as we can, but you know what? Even if you're helping five people, even if there's 10 people in your community or you do a post and three people benefit from it, that's great. What is, what is wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. You impacted several lives and that's what, and I've seen, I see the comments on your posts and some of the response and engagement you get in some of your social media. I think you have a lot to be proud of. I'm like extremely proud and blown away really. And 
it's feedback like that that has also led me to doing something like this today. It's just very, very fulfilling and gratifying. And uh, I could use up the rest of our time talking about that. Maybe I'll get into that in one of my solo uh, podcasts. But uh, I, before I get into, I know we need to talk about actually where you're at today with Create Your Great and being a communication coach. But I just wanted to quickly touch, you said you were volunteering, you were uh, helping out, and what was it about that? Like, what exactly were you doing? Was there anything you were doing that was like, I I can use this to create my own, uh, I hate calling it a company, but I guess, do you consider it a company? What, create your great? No, um, I, I don't have that level yet, and we'll see. So I don't actually consider it a company. And I've had plenty of people helping me, but I don't have full-time employees. But I want to really build more of a community. I want to build a community where people feel comfortable and empowered to share their story more. Yeah. And that's, that's how I look at it in the short term as a, as a coach and consultant who helps individuals and who helps teams and companies. But to your question about New Orleans, I'll give you just a couple quick examples that I think are relevant. I think that's a great question is that, you know, when I was down there, I learned a couple really key things. And that is one that, you know, when people have an authentic drive to help other people, it makes all the difference in the world. So I'm totally pro-business, capitalism, all that. Like, I don't think all companies are evil. I do think we need to be very ethical and have high integrity. No question. And anybody who doesn't, that should be addressed. But I think business is good. But it's interesting because I went to New Orleans, disaster relief, nonprofit work and volunteers. And there were some businesses in there too, obviously, helping to run and manage things. But I saw that most of the people I was working with and that I was around, they were there for very authentic reasons of not getting a higher paycheck, not moving up the corporate ladder, not getting a raise or a promotion or serving their own short-term need on a project. They were there simply to help, just like I was. And I, I share that because when, when you're around people who have an authentic drive and passion to fulfill a mission that is going to you know, serve others, it's a whole different energy. And I was like blown away. That's why I stayed. I was only going to stay down there two or three months. And I ended up staying for over a year because I was like, I mean, I remember these days very clearly. I remember like a Sunday when we were off because we often worked on Saturdays too. I can remember like going for a drive or have, sitting having lunch by myself or going for a walk and just thinking to myself, I can't leave here. This is freaking amazing. This is the people and what's going on here. I, you can't pull me away. And it was because of that, you know, authentic drive and, you know, people were there for just to bring value to others. And that really stuck with me. And it's not to say, oh, we can't go bring, in fact, in fact, a big reason why I do what I do now as a coach, is I want to bring more of that mindset into corporate environments. I want people to have more. And a lot of what I teach around communication, connecting, building relationships and influencing others and building trust is predicated on what I just said, that authentic mission. And I would say the other thing that I really learned while I was in New Orleans was, this is, a, I think, a really important point too. And so many of the entrepreneurs that I've studied and learned from, and many virtually in the last few years, you don't have to have, think about this, Mark, none of us have to have a specific 
skill set to succeed or do something of high value or impact. I went to New Orleans knowing not the first darn thing about disaster relief. I had done some random volunteer work here and there throughout my life, but I didn't know anything about disaster relief and recovery. Next thing I know, I'm helping to run a volunteer camp. I'm working at and volunteering at a school. I'm working at distribution centers and I'm going to homes. Granted, I had a lot of help from people who knew what they were doing, but I was helping to hang sheetrock. I didn't know the first thing about any of this stuff. So my point is, when we apply ourselves and put ourselves out there and we have, you know, a willingness to learn and a willingness to just move, move the needle, we can figure it out or we surround ourselves with people who help us figure it out. And I think, you know, to what slows a lot of people down in the world today is I have this degree. I have to get a job that fits my skills. I have this grad degree or this expectation I need to live up to. And, and this particular skill set. a lot of times when people leave jobs, they think they have to fit into something that's very much similar or like what they were just doing. That's not the case at all. So those are the two biggest things I really learned and they've really served me well because heck starting a business and coaching and doing a lot of things on the side and even started, I did a podcast for a while myself and learning how to do videos and use social media. I didn't know anything about any of that stuff, but you figure it out. Oh yeah. I can totally relate to that because Everything I know about doing what I'm doing today, doing what I've done with my blog and all the different apps and everything else and just learning to network and meeting great people like you, I learned all that on my own. Mm -hmm. And it is taking me to where I'm at now. And I feel like even these skills that I have picked up on my own, I apply them to my day-to-day job. So you never know where all these different things that you do will lead you to. Just because, as you pointed out, because you went to school for X, Y, and Z, you're not bound to that for life. There's so much life to live, so much to explore internally and externally. I mean... We could probably uh, do a whole podcast just on that. But uh, yeah, the world, there's so much more out there in the world than what I think generally society tells us is out there for us. And well, the, 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 the takeaway, um, or I'll steal a line from Gary Vaynerchuk, who always says the punchline with this is that, uh, and this is something I think a lot of us hear regularly, but it's so true. Some of these things that we hear often, um, they, they're, they're, we hear them often because they're legitimate, is enjoy the process. We get, we're conditioned in society today, and I'll keep this short so we can move along, but we're conditioned in society today about achievement accomplishment. Get these grades, graduate, get this job, move up, make this certain amount of money, get this title, etc. sales goal, goals, 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 etc. But what, and so this stuff is all thrown at us constantly for years, for decades in some cases. So that's where we tend to focus. But what we really want to focus on is the process, the journey. What are we learning? What are we learning about others? What are we learning about ourselves along the way? Be present and enjoy it. And, you know, strategically and mindfully, we can pick out like, this is working really well. I'm going to do more of this. I'm going to bring more of this into my life, or this is working not so good. I'm going to, you know, do less of this, to bring less of this into my life. It's the process. It's not the result. 
and we have to encourage, you know, you, me, many others, it, we have to encourage and empower people. Focus on your journey and your process of getting better. And I know companies have, you know, are beholden to certain results and revenue targets and investor, you know, um, numbers to hit and all that. I get it. But still, the best, most impactful leaders and just people in general in this world are, um, let, me, let me actually credit Simon Sinek. If, if anybody's ever heard Simon break down his new his book is all about the infinite game versus in, the, the infinite game versus the finite game, having that infinite mindset of there's no winner or loser and you're playing through the whole game of life to just do the best you can versus I need to do this um, action in order to hit the short term goal. You're just going to see much better results. The really impactful leaders who help and elevate people have that more infinite mindset of just constant growth and learning and getting better. Well, I'll tell you, you mentioned a good one with uh, Gary V, Gary Varenchuk, which I would not have been able to pronounce his name if you didn't just say it. So thanks for that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you're out there on social media and you want to start with somebody who's truly had their own personal success and uh, are inspiring <laughs> people, he's a good one to look up. Um, so you and I, as far as our personal, uh, uh, I guess, schedules for today, we're running out of time. There's like two more things I want to touch on. And one of them is, so create your great, uh, where are you at with that today? Cause you talked a little bit, well, I, I personally know that you started out as coaching one-on-one and you grew and are now not only doing one-on-one you're also collaborating with companies in general uh can you talk a little more about what you're doing and what your process is sure yeah thanks mark so so i did start out start off as a career coach when i left corporate and was doing mainly individual work but i naturally evolved in the communication coaching, mainly, well, two main reasons. One, because I saw that the biggest impediment or challenge most people had in their career, in addition to a lack of clarity around what it is they wanted to do, was their ability to communicate. And a lot of people, as you know, struggle with communi- just general communication. It doesn't mean everybody has to be the best, most polished speaker on stages all over the world. Just general communication a lot of people struggle with. And I also learned about myself, Mark, that I really love to teach in the group setting. I love to teach workshops and I love to teach and guide teams. So last year I evolved from career into communication coaching. And what I do is I help people gain clarity in their message and their story, bring it out in a way that brings value to others, which helps grow our influence. You know, we all want to, we don't consciously think about it or really say it ever, but we all want to influence others. We all want to be able to, you know, get people inspired or to buy into our idea or to help us out, right? So influence is really important. So when we have a clear message, when we have a story that resonates and connects with people, we're much more apt to be able to influence them. And, you know, it's always coming from a place ideally of service. You know, how can we elevate people in the process? And then more broadly, You know, that's somewhat individual based and I love to work with managers. I think it's so important, actually, real quick nugget that 
managers, in my experience, we saw so many who were, I myself, this happened to me twice, where we're moved into a manager's role because we're a subject matter expert or we did a project well or we're well liked by our leaders. So we're bumped up, which is great, but we haven't really been given a lot of development around how to lead and communicate well with people who are now gonna be working with and for us. So I think it's really critical that we give managers the tools to become great leaders and become great communicators. So I'm really driven to do that. I'm really driven to help managers, especially emerging managers and leaders, to grow their communication skills so they can build influence and trust. The last point I was gonna say is, any organization, any culture, if trust is at the core, the epicenter, the root of everything, they're gonna do well. There has to be an environment where people are trusting each other and you're gonna have a lot more long-term success. Success meaning not just financials and product and revenue, but just fulfillment and making a difference and making an impact. So. I focus on, on helping people do all those things. And one last caveat is I do help a lot of people who have a fear of public speaking. Having gone through that myself, and that's where some of my individual coaching comes into play a little bit more, is the people who have that high anxiety. How do they put themselves out there in front of people? How do they share their message? How do they even get started with working with that fear and adrenaline? So I do a lot of that too. Well, I think what you're doing is a really great and much needed service. As somebody who did work on the management side of corporate America for a while, I know personally what an impact a positive communicator can make on a work environment. And I'm sure that not only are you impacting everybody's communication, but you're probably impacting creativity. You're probably impacting the work environment all overall. And I know personally, firsthand, just how much that kind of an influence and impact is needed. You don't get a lot of that internally for a number of reasons in corporations. So when they open up and they bring people like you, and I know a few other people in our uh, social media world, especially LinkedIn, do that kind of service as well. I think that's amazing. That's really a step in the right direction. And I think everything you're doing is just amazing. And uh, I think uh, it's, it's much needed in the world. So. Thanks, Mark. And I really appreciate that. And you've been very supportive. You know, you and I have talked digitally and, and in other ways too over, over the last, you know, year as well. And I really, I do, I mean, and I appreciate your support and I'm glad you feel that way. And I'll just, I'll just add this too, is think about, so I, I kind of just described some of ways in which I help people, which is super important, but really think about, I would encourage, I leave people with this all the time is we all have a story. We all, I, I really believe this, that, you know, I learned this from my journey and I'm really grateful that I did. And I, I know you have the same. We're all capable of being great communicators. There's no one person who's that much better than anybody else. Sometimes people are out there more and more visible, but we all have something that we believe in. We all have something we're good at, a gift or a talent, and we all have a personal story. And that's what I really impart with people is get connected to your gift or talent. Know what it is you stand for 
and be very clear and connected to your stories as a person and bring them out naturally. And you're going to be a great communicator every day. You're going, and, and by the way, the right people, because we're not for everybody, you're going to, but you're going to end up influencing and helping the right people. And that's what it's all about. Well, speaking of people and being connected, how, as we've wrapped this up, how can uh, people, whether they're people like me or managers or just a corporation, how can people get in touch with you if they just want to follow your journey or they want your services? How can they get a hold of you? So, yeah, and thanks for asking. So the two best places to find me, the two best platforms are uh, LinkedIn and Instagram. Those are the two that I use the most. And I actually uh, became a fan last year, Mark, of, uh, of Instagram. You and I talked about this once. It's just more of a nimble tool, and I, I, I do enjoy it. So at Scott Stoltz on Instagram or, or just via Scott Stoltz on LinkedIn. And, uh, Mark, I know you're going to share my email. And anybody, you know, DM me or email me anytime about what your question or challenge is around communication, whether you're an individual who just wants to share more or maybe you're responsible for a group at work and you're struggling to connect with your team or your message you feel sometimes is falling flat. What can you do to grow your influence at work? Or you just want to bring that opportunity to managers you work with, growing their influence in the organization. So reach out to me. I'm happy to help. I do audits for people and we'll see if there's a fit for me to bring more value to the organization. Fantastic. And if you're only listening and you're not, watching the latest, and I'll admit I'm a big grammar snob and spelling snob. In case you don't know how to spell Scott's last name, it's S-T-O-L-Z-E. So that's just me being me. (laughs) I I appreciate that, Mark. Yep, at Scott Stoltz, S-T-O-L-Z-E, and uh, my email, I'll say it once, but I know it'll be listed too, is Scott at teachingalead.com, teaching the number two lead.com. And I really welcome, I love to have people reach out and connect with me anytime. All right. Well, I think we are out of time, not so much because of uh, podcasts or broadcast restraints, but because, well, we got to move on with our day. But it was awesome. I thought this was a great conversation. Thank you. Thank you for being the first guest on Mark My Words. Hopefully we'll find a reason to have you back. I'd love to have you back. I appreciate it. I'd love to be back, Mark. I'll be keeping an eye on how things are going and let me know any way that I can help or support you. I appreciate that. And uh, same goes for me. You got my full 110% support. So thanks again. And thanks for listening. And uh, I'll be back next time with, another episode. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Mark.